You're listening to the Cyberwire Network, powered by N2K. With over 8,000 threat hunters analyzing over 65 trillion signals daily, Microsoft works tirelessly with the federal government to keep our nation's data secure. This 30-year-plus partnership is driving mission innovation that is secure by design. Whether optimizing your existing defenses or tackling advanced threats with AI, Microsoft gives you the intelligence and the automation you need to defend at mission scale. Let's work together to stay ahead of emerging threats and secure your mission anywhere. Learn more at aka.ms slash fedcyber. That's aka.ms slash fedcyber. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the CyberWire's Research Saturday. I'm Dave Bittner, and this is our weekly conversation with researchers and analysts tracking down threats and vulnerabilities, solving some of the hard problems of protecting ourselves in a rapidly evolving cyberspace. Thanks for joining us. Originally, it was a banking trojan. The banking trojan being target, you know, compromise people's computers, capture their online banking credentials, and then steal money out of their bank account. That's Mark Arena. He's CEO at Intel 471. The research we're discussing today is titled TrickBot Down, But Is It Out? Don't struggle to align your organization's cybersecurity with business risk. Get the only solution that goes beyond reacting to threats with vulnerability and risk monitoring. You need the next evolution of MDR, and only Critical Start delivers it. Critical Start doesn't just monitor and respond to threats. They put you in control by detecting suspicious activities, quickly responding to contained threats, and identifying your most critical assets and protecting them against vulnerabilities and exposures. With continuous visibility, expert guidance, and measurable risk reduction, Critical Start has redefined what it means to manage cyber risk. Demonstrate provable security maturity to your leadership while positioning your program to achieve the greatest risk reduction per dollar spent. Stop fearing risk and start managing it with Critical Start. Visit criticalstart.com and request a demo today. That's criticalstart.com. As it kind of came, especially over the last year or two, um, it's very much focused as a loader. And a loader means, you know, TrickBot itself isn't that bad on its own, but it's what comes next, which is can be really, really bad. And the operators behind TrickBot are experts at triaging their infections. They have no problem compromising huge numbers of organizations worldwide, probably in the millions, I would say low millions. And, you know, looking through those infections to find interesting you know, whether you're an organization, whether you're a government department, whether you're a bank, um, and either, you know, doing follow-up intrusion activity themselves or providing it to other third parties, whether they be nation states, cyber criminals, et cetera. So we've been tracking TrickBot for a number of years now um, from the, the technical side. We've seen, we did some research into, and interestingly enough, we were totally skeptical of it. 
There were some public mm-hmm. claims that TrickBot systems that were compromised with TrickBot were being sold to the North Koreans. And like I said, totally skeptical of that when we started <laughs> looking at it. And by the end, we were like, yes, this is definitely there. And so we put out some a public blog on, on that where it seems pretty clear that in a small number of cases where some financial institutions have been hacked, they've uh, had those accesses provided or sold to the North Koreans who have then done follow-up activity. And so, yeah, it kind of led on from that. And, you know, we saw uh, uh, initial takedown where it looked like somebody was trying to tell all the inf- trickbot infected systems, kind of cut off the connection between them and the cyber criminals malicious infrastructure. And uh, we worked with Brian Krebs on it because it was quite a technical story. And Brian's very, very good at understanding the, the technical aspects for cybercrime. Yeah. And yeah, based on working with Brian and, you know, his story got, got published and it referenced us. Um, then a number of other mainstream media, you know, Washington Post, New York Times, um, reached out after folks we knew who said that, you know, their sources had told us that action was US Cyber Command. Um, mm. and, then, then it, and then we've been told, you know, that it was an independent action around the same time leading up to the elections, an independent action, legal action by Microsoft to take down... Uh, the infrastructure, um, and so, yeah, we kind of started to look at that that what we the alleged cyber command action, and then it kind of linked in and kind of fell in with with Microsoft action, and everybody was asking the same question, which was, you know, what's happening with Trickbot? Um, right, right. Yeah. Well, before we dig into some of the the details that you all have outlined here, when it comes to what Cyber Command uh, allegedly did, and also Microsoft. Can you do you have insights on Trickbot itself? I mean, is it operationally? What is the the kind of um, what's their order of operations? You know, do they go out and uh, get their hooks in people's systems and then go offer that up for sale? Do they say, you know, hey, we have these types of systems available, uh, and for a price, we'll give you access to them? Or do they do they take a custom order from someone? Someone says, you know, we'd really like to have access to these kinds of systems. Can you go out and provide that or is any insights on how they go about it? Yeah, I think it's probably all of the above what you described. Like this Hmm. is a professionally run managed service, cybercrime as a service. And I'm sure there's members of the group that are doing intrusions and ransomering organizations. Um, They're probably buying access into organizations from the the underground, so the cybercriminal underground. People call it the deep and dark web, although I hate that term, Um, but they're probably doing that. Um, they're probably buying installs from other cyber criminals. So installs being there's other groups which are just focused on getting initial infections on systems and then selling them. Be like, oh, you want a thousand compromised systems from the US or from Western Europe or from the Netherlands, for example, and just selling bulk installs of compromised systems like that. Um, and then they're they're doing what you just said is you know selling off access to different people, custom or otherwise. So yeah, it is a very long-standing operation, probably very, very, very well-resourced, um, probably no different to us. You know, we're, we're well-resourced intelligence vendor and, you know, they're, they're the opposition and there's no doubt they're well-resourced as well. Yeah. Can you give us some, some idea of what's going on behind the scenes in terms of the, the, the scale of the infrastructure? When TrickBot was up and running, uh, before uh, you know, folks came in and, and tried to uh, to interfere with them. How large were they, and and what what was the the types of systems they had? What was going on, you know, with their command and control servers, that sort of thing? 
Yeah, so as a whole, the, the focus up until the takedown um, seemed to be um, mostly ransoming organizations. So small and mid-sized organizations, they have initial access and they either do it themselves or they provide it to a third-party hacker or a third-party group of cyber criminals who would then look to move you know, within a compromised network or within a compromised organization. Almost they want to try and get at the domain controller. So that's the system which controls all the other systems. Because if they have access to that, they can then can push out an update which then installs ransomware on all the systems. So that was kind of the, the objective. Um, from an inf infrastructure perspective, they used a lot of what we think is hacked routers. So there was a, a company called Microtik, I think is how you pronounce them. Um, Microtik hacked Microtik routers. You can basically, there was a vulnerability. It's been patched for quite a while, but a lot of um, people's routers all over the world have not been patched. And they were basically scanning and exploiting them. And they used that as their initial point. It very much made Microsoft's job um, very difficult in taking down the infrastructure because it was in all over the world. You know, they had, you know, these routers, which act as the first layer where compromised systems would connect to, were in places like Brazil, Indonesia, Colombia, Kyrgyzstan, former, former Soviet Union countries. So very dispersed and a lot of them. Um, so that made things difficult um, with, with Microsoft's takedown, certainly. Well, let's walk through the, the takedown, starting with the one that um, folks seem to, to think came from U.S. Cyber Command. I mean, that began back towards the end of September. Um, what exactly did they reach out and do? Sure. There's a, so each, uh, each TrickBot infection has a configuration, and the configuration says connect to these places. This is the, where you connect to receive commands. So compromised systems receive commands from the bad guys. Those commands typically come from those compromised microtick routers um, who forward, basically a forwarder to the, the real bad guy's servers. Um, so that was happening and we saw an update pushed that had the IP address 127.0.0.1, which is the loopback IP address. So the objective was really, you know, push this update to all the infected systems so the infected systems try and connect to themselves only. So by effectively, be, you know, you can cut the head off the snake and go after the server we can go after you know, all, the, all the snakes at the bottom who are the infected systems. And that's what the objective was. So for a period of time, every TrickBot infected system that had been turned on and connected to the command and control server received an update which severed that connection. So that was you know, the alleged, alleged to be US Cyber Command's action. And they did it a couple of times over a couple of week period as well. And in the first instance, the bad guys changed the configuration back pretty quickly. Um, and the second one, I think, was about 24 hours um, where, the, where it took for them to change the configuration back. Now, is this a situation where, you know, I know with a lot of, um, with a lot of botnets, the, the systems that are part of the botnet, you know, they go about their day-to-day -day business still performing their primary functions. And so the folks who have these systems, in this case, as you said, these microtick routers, they may not know that, they're, that they've been infected um, was that the case here? And um, would the, the thing, the, the push that, that Cyber Command did, could that have affected their primary functionality? Um, the, the push that Cyber Command did was the infected window systems. So it wasn't so much targeted at the microtick routers. Um, mm. I mean, effectively, they're still infected, right? So the, the, the impact, you know, and like a number of years ago, the Dutch high-tech crime unit, the Dutch police, um, were, were taken on a... A, uh, a same thing, a, some criminal malware, and they took over the infrastructure. 
And rather than kind of severing the connection, which is what US Sava Command did, they uh, deleted the malware from all the infected systems globally. If you really look at it from a legal perspective, depending on the country, you would say the Dutch police basically broke the law because they modified somebody's data, data on somebody's mm. system without permission. <laughs> and so that's right. what happened in the past. They took a lot of flack for it. Probably, you know, whether you agree with it or not, that's what they did. And so US Cyber Command didn't do that. They didn't delete it. All they did was push their configuration update to sever that connection. So effectively, they're still infected with the, with the TrickBot malware. But obviously, with the connection severed, the criminals wouldn't be able to do the next stage things, which is what they've been doing, which was, you know, follow up ransomware activity, for example. Yeah, that's fascinating. It makes me think about how, you know, as a as a kid, you can get uh, chicken pox and then, you know, not have it for for the rest of your life. But some people, as adults, get shingles. You know, it could it's lurking in in your system, and it may be benign, hopefully for the rest of your life. But I suppose who knows, right? Yeah, definitely. And I think that's going forward. You know, it's super interesting to have the U.S. military basically going after a, a criminal group, a cyber criminal group. I guess the damage, the economic damage of these attacks has reached a level. You know, if you make enough, if you target a country enough and you take enough money from them, at some point it's a national security risk, right? And I'm guessing U.S. Cyber Command, you know, coming up into the U.S. election um, saw that. And I'm hoping it's something that goes forward in future because I think the the impact of cybercrime on the economies of of Western countries is is huge and only getting worse. So moving on, then then in October, uh, Microsoft joins in and and they ha- take their own action against Trickbot. What is it that they did? Yeah, so their focus was very much on that infrastructure themselves. So those microchip routers that they were that the criminals had compromised, they were looking to get those taken down. Um, they did court action within the U.S. to take over, like physically take over the infrastructure or kill the IP addresses that were in the U.S. At the start, I'd say it was a slow start, like it didn't really impact the criminals too much. But I think as it kind of went in and it was pretty clear that they were, you know, going um, pretty hard resources-wise globally. And a couple of weeks into it, as it led up to the election, they were, they were definitely disrupting the cyber criminals running TrickBot. And I think, I think you know, the number one goal for everybody when it comes to cybercrime should be arrests and law enforcement action. If you can't do that, I think it's likely these, these actors are protected in Russia um, by the Russian government. Um, so I think this is the, the next best thing. And I think for that period of time leading up to the election, I think eventually they were successful in, in disrupting, um, disrupting their trickpot operations. Now, this notion that um, US Cyber Command and, and Microsoft were, were operating independently and and coincidentally came after the same thing right around the same time. Um, I mean, does that does that seem plausible to you? Uh, <laughs> it's a it's a hard question to answer because I I've been told by multiple people that it wasn't coordinated. Mm. But I I mean, it's a massive coincidence if it wasn't. Um, right, right. So I, you know, it's I've got no information that would say that it was coordinated at all. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's it's, but it is an interesting coincidence at the same time, right? Definitely, yes, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, where do we find ourselves today? Then, where what's the state of Trickbot? Yeah, I think you know, as a result, they've made some changes to make it harder to track them. You know, nothing that's not insurmountable or anything, but they have made some technical changes. Almost, I'd say it's almost, or if not, back to business as usual for them. Um, like I said, I I think there was a huge amount of resources from the Microsoft side, maybe you can get them to comment 
but I think maybe yeah. there was a huge amount that couldn't be kept up, but it was kept up until the elections, um, the US presidential elections. Um, but yeah, from our perspective, it looks like it's close to, if not at, um, business as usual for the trickbat operators. Yeah, it's interesting, as you kind of mentioned, you know, uh, to think about this as a as a demonstration of capabilities um, on on the good guys' side, you know, leading up to the election to say, uh, you know, here's what we can do um, uh, in a very sort of public way. Yeah, I mean, I think it was, like I said, I, I think they could probably do more, and I think it was definitely a like a shot across the bow. Um, mm-hmm. Whether they receive it or not, I'm I'm not sure. I mean, the reality is they're, they're safe where they are currently, like they're physically safe, unless there's a policy change at, on the Russian government level, which is unlikely to happen anytime soon. Um, right. You know, there's certain limits on what, what we can do. And, you know, but like I said, back to my original thing, I think the, the damage, the economic damage that what they're leading towards, especially with the ransomware type attacks to all different organizations of all sizes. If you, if you hit an economy, economy hard enough and the impact is big enough, I think, you know, you're a national security risk. And at that point, I think gloves are off and I think it's heading that direction. Our thanks to Mark Arena from Intel 471 for joining us. The research is titled TrickBot Down, but is it out? We'll have a link in the show notes. And now a word from our sponsor, Sixth Sense. Sixth Sense provides award-winning cloud-based automated endpoint and vulnerability management solutions to streamline IT and security operations. With its advanced platform, businesses gain complete visibility and control over their infrastructure, reducing IT and security risks and optimizing operational efficiency. With Sixth Sense, you'll get real-time alerts, risk-based vulnerability prioritization and remediations, and an intuitive automation and orchestration engine so you can focus on your core business goals, confident in the knowledge that your enterprise is secure, compliant, and running smoothly. To learn why enterprises choose Sixth Sense, visit SixthSense.com. The CyberWire Research Saturday is proudly produced in Maryland out of the startup studios of Data Tribe, where they're co-building the next generation of cybersecurity teams and technologies. Our amazing CyberWire team is Elliot Peltzman, Peru Prakash, Stefan Vaziri, Kelsey Bond, Tim Nodar, Joe Kerrigan, Carol Terrio, Ben Yellen, Nick Vilecki, Gina Johnson, Bennett Moe, Chris Russell, John Petrick, Jennifer Iben, Rick Howard, Peter Kilpie, and I'm Dave Bittner. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.